Are you in search of a closer relationship with Jesus Christ and a better understanding of the basic truths of Christian faith? If so, please join us for Simple Secrets of the Kingdom, a series of Bible studies developed by Reverend James Otterness and taught by Skip Hedgepeth, board member of Good News Ministries and Bible teacher at Christ Church in Midland, Texas. Hi, I'm Skip Hedgepeth and welcome again to Simple Secrets of the Kingdom. Today we're going to talk about water. And uh, water is, is an amazing gift from God. You know, there's nothing quite like a cool drink of water on a hot summer day, is there? And water is, uh, is really the fluid of life. It is, uh, uh, we see this out here in the deserts in West Texas, that whenever there's a rain, the desert has a way of just springing to life. The water changes everything. And today we're going to talk about water in another way. But it's also just as life-giving as that cool drink on a hot day or that rain in the middle of the desert. And that is the water that when mixed with the Word of God in baptism becomes a life-changing, life-giving water for the people of God. And baptism is one of those things that, uh, one of those topics in the, in the body of Christ that can cause some controversy. And some people believe that, that baptism is something that you do for God. In other words, it's a, after you, you change your mind and you repent, that baptism is something that you do to fulfill the requirements of the law for God. And so they connect baptism with mainly with repentance. And some people, on the other hand, see baptism as something that God does for you. And so that uh, when you're baptized, that God, through the Holy Spirit, works in your heart to change you and to bring you into the kingdom of God. And so today, uh, we're going to look at both of these things, both of these uh, elements of baptism. But mainly what we're going to do is look at the Word of God. And we're going to go through the scripture today and look at many different chapters and verses about baptisms. And so uh, if you want to follow along, it, uh, have your Bibles ready. And also you might want to have a pen and some paper so that you can jot down these scripture verses because I'm going to be moving along pretty quickly through the scripture. And we're going to do kind of a survey of the New Testament and see what the Word of God has to say about baptism. And then hopefully... The Spirit of God at work in the Word of God will touch your hearts and give you a clearer understanding about the purpose and the meaning of baptism and the power that comes through baptism. So, as always, before uh, we get into this, uh, this, this topic, let's go to the Scripture. I mean, first, let's go to the Lord, and we'll pray, and then we'll study. Lord, we love you so much. We thank you for life-giving water, Lord, and... Uh, Lord, for the way you nourish us so richly through it. And Lord, we also pray and thank you for the water of baptism through which we come into a new life with you. So Lord, today I pray that you would be in your word as we study it and that you would go into our hearts and our ears and that you would uh, draw us closer to yourself as we get a better understanding of your gift of baptism that you've given to us. And we pray this and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. As always, the, the place to start 
is uh, in the Word of God. So first of all, we're going to go through to Matthew uh, chapter 28 in verses 19 and 20. And we're going to hear, first of all, what Jesus has to say about baptism. And I'll read in chapter 28, verse 19. Jesus said, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always to the close of the age. And so Jesus starts us out in our study about baptism and I love the way he starts his first instructions in this, which, which is called the Great Commission of the church, is to go. And so you see uh, the movement of the church is always to be active, going and, uh, and taking the word of Jesus out. And his calling is us, for us to make disciples. And making a, a disciple, first of all, is a learner and a follower of the Lord Jesus. And the way that you make disciples, first of all, is by baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Jesus says. And first comes baptism, and after baptism comes teaching, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, he says. So baptism and teaching, you see, are a partnership. They go together. We baptize, first of all, and mainly simplest of all, because Jesus said to he said, go and make disciples and do it by baptizing. And so that's why we do it. So first of all, it's good to have that out of the way. Why do you baptize? Jesus said to. And then let's go to Mark and we'll get some more of Jesus' words about baptism and see what Mark uh, heard Jesus say. Mark chapter 16, starting in verse 15. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to the whole creation. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Now, there's a little bit different twist here, and Jesus added a little bit more in Mark's account. And the, the part that he adds is that uh, he, he adds about uh, he who believes and is baptized, Jesus says, will be saved. And so faith and baptism, you see, are intimately connected. In the first part, he talks about how uh, how baptism and teaching are partners. Here, baptism and faith are partners. And uh, he who is baptized, uh, who believes and is baptized, is saved. And then later on in the next verse, he says, he who does not believe will be condemned. Notice here he doesn't say he who does not believe and is not baptized. Uh, and, and that's because we know that uh, over in Ephesians, uh, the apostle Paul wrote, for it is by grace that you are saved, through faith, and this is not of your own doing, it is a gift from God. So you see, salvation comes by faith. But faith then leads us to baptism. So baptism and faith are a partnership. They go together, just like teaching and baptism are a partnership. So let's go to the next one and see some more words of Jesus in John chapter 3, in the third chapter of John. And this is, uh, this is the, the section where Jesus is uh, talking to Nicodemus, that teacher of, of Israel. And in his discussion with, with Nicodemus in John chapter 3, verse 5, Jesus, speaking to Nicodemus, says this, Truly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So here, 
Jesus adds a new kind of a twist to the whole subject of baptism. He talks about being born of water. And so when you are born uh, out of your mother's womb, there's water involved. As we, uh, as we develop over that nine-month period, we are floating around in water, aren't we? Well, we come out of the water uh, in order to be born. But then in our baptism, we also come out of the water. And as we come out of the water uh, in baptism, we come into a new birth, a new birth as a child of God through faith in Jesus. And uh, baptism connects us with the grace of God in this way because out of the water, uh, we enter into the grace and the promises of God that come through baptism. So these are the words of Jesus about baptism. These are a few of the words about Jesus. And the next part, we want to get the words of the apostle Peter. Peter had much to say about baptism. So first of all, we're going to Acts chapter 2. And in Acts chapter 2, this is that, that powerful sermon, maybe the greatest sermon ever preached uh, in the New Testament, uh, other than the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus preached. This sermon of Peter is the sermon that he gave on Pentecost Day, and it's a sermon that through the Word of God proclaimed through the Apostle Peter, over 3,000 people in that one, out of that one message came to be believers in Jesus. And so let's see what Peter in that sermon has to say about baptism. And, and we'll pick it up here at this point where Peter uh, has just told the, the people in Jerusalem that, they, that Jesus was the Messiah and that they had, through their denial of him and through their arrest and crucifixion of him, they had put to death the Son of God whom God has sent to save the world. And the people in Jerusalem now are, they're aghast. They go, well, what can we do? And Peter answers them in this way. We're in Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 38. And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and your children and to all that are far off, Everyone who calls on, on the Lord our God calls to him. And so here, Peter preaching to the crowd, he says, repent and be baptized. And here, Peter connects, connects the gift of baptism with the promises of God. And so uh, baptism is made up of water and the promises of the word of God. And those promises, Peter teaches us, <clears throat> excuse me, are, he says, be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So in, in baptism, there's a promise. There's like a, a promissory exchange that happens here. In baptism, you submit to the Lord through faith and he takes away your sin and gives you the Holy Spirit in exchange. So there's this marvelous exchange. There's a visible sign in baptism. The visible sign is the water, but there's also a promise. And that promise is the forgiveness of your sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit, which will come through baptism. And so 
this baptism is, an, is a means of exchange. It's how we exchange our sins to the Lord for His forgiveness. And I like to use this example, if I can find it here, this example of a, of a check. And so a check is like a promissory note. It's a promise to exchange. And as it is right now, this check is not made out, so it's not much good to anybody. But uh, if I were to take and write your name in this place where it says pay to the order of and then fill in an amount and sign it then and gave it to you, then you would have my promise to uh, exchange cash in your account for this paper. And, uh, and apart from the signature, though, it's pretty worthless to you. But when it's made with my signature and my promise, then you can count on something happening. You can count on the blessing that'll come through the money that comes to you when you deposit it. Baptism is like this. It's an exchange. And what makes it valid to you is the fact that Jesus puts his stamp on your baptism. It is his promise to you that through faith in him, when you receive him and you are baptized in his name, then he promises to exchange his gifts to you through that baptism. And those gifts are the forgiveness of your sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. And, um, and he goes on, Peter goes on to say that these promises are to you, first of all, to your children and to all whom God calls. And so this is a universal promise. Anyone who participates in it will receive the promises. It wasn't a promise that was just made to a few. It's for you. It's for your children and to all who would call on the name of the Lord. And when Peter preached those words and proclaimed those promises to the people in Jerusalem that day, he says that, that there were 3,000 added to their number, and many of them went out and were baptized as a result of all of that. And so through their faith and through baptism on that day, uh, uh, many people in Jerusalem received that promise, had their sin washed away, and were filled with the Holy Spirit, and as a result, entered into the family of God. So let's go to the next part and see what Peter has to say next in 1 Peter chapter 3. That's over kind of toward the back of the New Testament, and it's um, in one of those little books that sometimes are hard to find. But uh, 1 Peter chapter 3, and... We're going to read starting in verse 18. 1 Peter 3, 18. We'll see what else Peter has to say about baptism. For Christ also died for sins, once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which he went and preached to the spirits in prison, who formerly did not obey, when God's patience waited in the days of Noah, during the building of the ark, in which a few, that is, eight persons, were saved through water. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a clear conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God, with angels and authorities and power subject to him. And so here he says, he makes the bold statement 
baptism saves you. And so uh, through baptism, you are, your sins are forgiven. And uh, baptism puts us in touch with the blood of Christ, which removes our sin. And it's the cleansing that happens in baptism. It's not like the cleansing that you get in the bath. It doesn't, it's not, a, it's not a, a function of removing dirt from the outer part of your body. Baptism removes, it, removes the sin from your soul. Baptism puts us, puts us in touch with the forgiving power of Jesus Christ. And, uh, and as a result of that, when your sin are, are, sins are forgiven, then one of the many wonderful side effects that comes through that is uh, as your sin are removed, your conscience gets a cleansing at the same time. And Peter talks about that. All of this, again, is an exchange gift. Uh, it comes through because baptism puts us in touch with the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, salvation and baptism are intimately connected, just like faith and baptism are connected, just like baptism and teaching go together. Uh, baptism puts us in touch with the healing blood of Jesus Christ for the removal of our sins. He says, uh, in another place, uh, the Apostle Paul says th that through faith, the old passes away and the new comes. And this is what happens in our baptism. In baptism, as we are born out of the waters of baptism, the old you is gone in the, in the, in the eyes of God. And there is a new you that comes out, a new person born again through faith in Jesus Christ born again into a new life, a transformed life, your sins before God, no matter how bad your sin may be, when you come out of that water, uh, your sin are washed away as far as the east is from the west. So far does he remove your sin from you. And, um, uh, and as your sins are removed, your conscience is also cleaned. And uh, that's a wonderful gift of God. So, so now we've talked about what, uh, what Jesus says. We've talked about what Peter says. Let's see what John the Baptist has to say about baptism. And uh, for this, we're going to go back to Matthew. So turn back to the left in your Bibles. Back to Matthew. And we're going to Matthew chapter 3. Uh, Matthew 3, verse 11. John the Baptist says... I baptize you with water for repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And again, the emphasis here in John's baptism is about repentance. It's a baptism of repentance. And so John sets up here a, uh, 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 a parallel kind of baptism with Jesus. It, it's, he sets a distinction. That's really what I'm trying to say here, a distinction between when he was baptizing and when Jesus came. John's baptism was something that people did when they repented and turned back to God. Then in obedience to the law, they went out and got baptized as a sign of their repentance. John says Jesus' baptism is different because his baptism is not just about you being obedient to the law. 
Jesus' baptism comes with a promise and comes with power of the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus' baptism is something that God does in you and in your heart. It's not just something that you, on the other hand, go and do for God. And um, Jesus' baptism comes with the promise, Holy Spirit. So that's what John the Baptist says. Let's go up here and see what the Apostle Paul has to say in Acts chapter 19. So we've covered Jesus and Peter and John the Baptist. Let's go see what Paul has to say in Acts chapter 19. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the upper country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples, and he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, No, we have never even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, Into what then were you baptized? And they said, Into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is, Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke with, the, with tongues and prophesied, and there were about 12 of them in all. And so here, in the words of Paul, uh, he says, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you were baptized? And they said, No. All they knew of at this time was the, was the uh, baptism of John. And so uh, they repented, apparently, and chose to be baptized in fulfillment of the law, and uh, as a sign of, of their repentance. But then he says, what about the baptism of Jesus? And, and when they said, we didn't know there was another baptism, and so John baptized him in the name of Jesus. And there you can see through baptism, their, through their baptism, they were put in touch with the power of God. And not only did they receive the Holy Spirit, but signs of the Holy Spirit and gifts of the Holy Spirit came as a result of their baptism. And that the emphasis on the difference between Jesus and John the Baptist's baptism is that Jesus' baptism is of the Holy Spirit and in power. It comes with the promise. And uh, let's keep going now. And we're going we're to go over real quickly a few verses of the Apostle Paul, and you'll see them up on your screen as I talk. But... Um, and these are all uh, verses about baptism that Paul wrote in the New Testament. In Romans chapter 6, he says that you are baptized into Christ, into his death, into his resurrection, and through baptism you are united with Christ. And so here the Apostle Paul connects baptism with the relationship with Jesus, much like the relationship of a marriage between a man and a wife. There's a covenant that they enter into to love and serve one another. And in baptism, there's a covenant that you enter into through your baptism to love and serve the Lord Jesus, and even maybe more importantly, to be loved and served by Him as one of His beloved children. In Galatians 3, the Apostle Paul talks about baptism as putting on Christ, as though in Christ you're putting on this new nature through your baptism. And no longer are you the old, but you're a new person in him. In Ephesians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul says that there is one baptism for believers so that you don't have to get baptized over and over and over again as a child of God. In one baptism, 
God connects you to his family and cleanses you of your sin. And then hopefully your baptism will follow with teaching so that as you begin in him, you can continue in him as you learn more of him and are drawn toward him. In Acts 22, uh, here, this is where Saul is giving his testimony. And in his testimony uh, before the people in Jerusalem, uh, he, he says to the people there, no, this is what was said to Paul through Ananias. Uh, Ananias told the apostle Paul before he was the apostle, he, sa- he told him to rise up and go and be baptized to wash away your sin. And again here, he's connecting baptism with the promise of forgiveness. Uh, in Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas are in jail in Philippi. And in the middle of the night, while they are praying, they're in jail in, and in chains and in stocks. The Spirit of God moved and the chains and the stocks were, were, were torn away and, uh, and they were free. But the jailer came in and the jailer was all disturbed because he thought he would get killed because everyone was going to escape. But uh, the apostle Paul said, told him to calm down. Everything's all right. We're still here. And when he saw what had happened, the jailer, he said, what must I do to be saved? And, uh, and he said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved, you and your household. And as a result, the Philippian jailer went and was baptized with his whole family, and they became children of God. And so here, this shows us that baptism